Are you homeschooling your kids? Well, I want to recommend the Institute for Excellence in Writing. If you are looking for a course that's going to breathe life into teaching language arts to your kids, IEW is for you. It's comprehensive. It includes writing, grammar, and vocabulary. And I want to encourage you to check out IEW's Fix-It Grammar, and it's been integrated with structure and style for students. This is broken down into achievable steps that are going to give your students success. Try it for free for three weeks at IEW.com forward slash Heidi. Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench. I'm glad you guys have joined me. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a departure from talking about politics and all things that have been happening here in the world of the political realm that I have been swimming in for the last year and a half. And we're going to spend some time talking about the importance of the authority of Scripture and standing on the Word of God. Dave Jenkins is my guest today. You guys are going to love this. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so I'm glad you guys have joined me today. There are so many things that we could talk about that are happening in the culture. Certainly, the church is on fire on a hundred different levels. We've got issues going on with the authority of Scripture in our churches. We've watched churches walking away from what we know the Word of God says. I've had my friend Ken Ham on here many times talking about the importance of focusing on believing and teaching the Word of God as it is written. And today, we're going to have a wonderful conversation about that. My guest is Dave Jenkins. He is happily married to Sarah, his wife. He's a writer and editor and a speaker, and they live in beautiful Southern Oregon. Uh, Dave is a lover of Jesus Christ, and he loves to teach sound theology, which is really refreshing for me here at the show because we don't often see that. Even in the church today, unfortunately, Dave serves as the executive director of Servants of Grace Ministries, the executive director of Theology for Life magazine, and he's the host for the Equipping You in Grace podcast. Uh, you can find Dave on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all the places, or you can read his newsletter. Dave, welcome to the show. Well, Heidi, it's a privilege to be with you today. And thank you for your voice in the public square. It's needed and appreciated. So God bless you. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. We've got a lot of things going on in the culture, and it really does require uh, things that are that are sorely missing. You know, you could start with uh, common sense. You know, it's missing. We're we're discussing right now, trying to find out if men are men and women are women, and how can you define what a woman is? Uh, the culture's on its head. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, just speaking of that, off the top, off the top, there. You know, you got the that Respect Marriage Act. You know, that went from the Congress to the is we're waiting for it in the Senate now, and uh, you know they want to redefine everything. You know, because they're afraid of what the Supreme Court recently did, and. And so we got to be we got to be ready to stand on what the Bible says, as as you were saying, you know, that uh, marriage is between one man, one woman for life under God. And uh, Mm. it's not a popular thing to say today, but it is a biblical thing and uh, it matters. Yeah, it absolutely matters. And I think one of the things that gets lost in this discussion is we forget that we can be both loving and truthful. We have to be able to speak the truth in love and the truth as God defines it, not as the world defines it. And that's where we find joy. I mean, that's where we we recognize, you know, as men and women of faith, that when we can stand on the authority of scripture and have everything flow out from there, there really is a blessing in it. God's blessings are not found outside of his boundaries. But I am not a proponent, and I'm sure you're not either, of people that stand on street corners and yell uh, about what they perceive to be the word of God and how he would like it communicated to a world. 
God showed how he wanted his word communicated in the death of his son, Jesus. God loves the people uh, of the world. And we know this from reading scripture. Yeah, absolutely. We need to be, we need to, it matters not only as you're saying that we, how we preach that we're faithful to the message of the gospel in the scripture, but the Bible is also very clear how we present that message really does matter. That's why, you know, if you look at like first Peter 315, second Timothy two, uh, 20 through or 24 and 25 and all of those passages. It's interesting. If you look at them, they all relate in some way to have mention of the fruit of the spirit, which yeah. is in, in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Yeah. So if we're not exhibiting the fruit of the spirit, uh, it, it stands to reason that maybe just maybe uh, we've missed the heart of God. Yeah. We, we might need to, you know, take a look in a second Corinthians 10 way and examining ourselves to see if we're actually in the faith or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So this is your first time on the show. Tell me a little bit about your family and uh, and your yeah. ministry. Yeah, I'm, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Sarah. We've been married for 15 and a half years. She is my best friend. She's my sweetheart. I, I call her princess. Uh, she she is a delight. Um, she has has been a great help to me in Bible college, seminary. I wouldn't be where I'm at ministry wise without her help. So, you know, outside of the grace of Christ saving me, uh, she's the grace uh, gift of God to me. Uh, I started Servants of Grace as a 19 year old today. As we record this, I've been in ministry for 22 years. Uh, that's taken me to get uh, a bachelor's, uh, two master's degrees, preached on the streets, uh, one-on-one, um, in homeless shelters, uh, obviously podcast, pulpit supply, you name it. And I've pretty done it. And, you know, so we're an international ministry, uh, multimedia ministry. I have a magazine and lots of podcasts and all those things. So, yeah. Awesome. And there's a lot, there's a lot to be, uh, to be doing for the Lord right now. You wrote a book about the authority of the word of God, uh, called the word matters, defending biblical authority against the spirit of the age. Uh, why would you tackle this topic right now? Well, it's a big question. I think that I think the best way to say this is I wanted to write a book for the average layperson because the average layperson is under assault today. Um, it's a multi-pronged attack from our culture, as we talked about gender, biblical gender, sexuality, under assault. But it's also under assault in the church today, and it has been for a long, long time. And it's a Pro, they're an aggr- it's an aggressive approach. And so I wanted to write a book helping the average person in the pew understand both what the scripture is and why it matters. And then how has a church responded to those things? Because we have, we have people who say, well, I'm a Bible only person. Well, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with being grounded in the Bible. But the church has over 2,000 years of solid answers and we have to go back to those answers because they give us they helped us to understand what orthodoxy is like you know responding to mormons and jehovah's witnesses well that was dealt with at nicaea and uh, chalcedon um in the 300s to the 450 ad and you know all of these all of these issues they're not there as the writer of ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun and so we, we have to go back to the Bible. We have to take people back to the Bible. We also have to understand what the church, the rich teaching of the church and the responses to that. Now, the reformers weren't against 
um, when they talked about sola scriptura, they weren't against tradition. What they wanted is they wanted, they said scripture alone. And then that was to be, as the Bereans were, the, the test for whether they would uh, teach anything from any other teacher. So scripture is authoritative. It's binding, but we're not against um, the church's teaching and the tradition. We just test all things according to scripture. Yeah. I think that for for generations now, I mean, if we're honest about what's happening in the church, for generations, we have kind of decided, you know what? The church history doesn't really matter. And doctrine's just, you know, this is a stuffy thing that that uh, you can sort of take it or leave it, you know, and out of that was birthed the prosperity gospel. Out of that was birthed you know, many, many uh, uh, offshoots of what was a church that was grounded in scripture and children who grew up learning about the history of the church. They understood the importance of doctrine. But right now we have a very low view. I mean, generally speaking, I believe the church generally has a pretty low view of doctrine. And you don't see it being taught. I see a lot of topical teaching in the church. Nothing wrong with topical teaching, by the way. I'm not here to knock it. But it frustrates me to see a lack of emphasis on doctrine, the, the fundamentals of the Christian faith. What does it mean to be a believer? And uh, I saw this on full display a few a few weeks ago. And uh, a question was asked, you know, you know, when did you meet Jesus Christ? How do you know that you're a Christian? And I heard an answer. I heard someone say, well, I was born a Christian. Well. I part I, part of me was like, okay, clearly wherever you're going to church, <laughs> they're not, you know, we definitely, the one thing you're not born is a Christian. We know that for sure. But why do you think that it's so important that Christians today have an understanding of the doctrine of scripture and they're studying the Bible because it really does relate to how we live out our lives as Christians? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Well, the, the short answer is this what you do with the scripture will determine you know how you interpret the scripture so whether you're dealing with the new apostolic reformation the new age or critical race theory the enneagram yoga or whatever these are analytical tools to help you to supposedly we'll say supposedly help you interpret the world well for the christian they utterly reject this because the bible is uh the authoritative and sufficient word of god and so scripture provides us both a biblical a way to see the world, which is a biblical worldview, and a way to, to, to navigate the world, a biblical life view. And so both are absolutely vital. So we reject all of those things that are, that are out there that are in, in even infiltrating the church because scripture itself is against those things. And scripture is consistent. It, when it speaks, it speaks consistently and it has a unity. Focus on the person and work of Christ. And so um, why does it matter? It matters because believing all that the Bible says, Jesus even says in John 14, 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. Um, the only way that we, as you said before, you know, we don't obey for our salvation, but it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fruit of that we're saved. We desire to obey because Christ has given us that new heart with a you know, new desires and new affections. And so we obey. And even in the context of that whole discussion that Jesus is having in John 14 and through 17, it's, he's talking about the whole, the work of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit has, has made us alive to God and he's come and indwelled us, uh, you know, with, with the Holy Spirit. And 
the Holy Spirit aims to teach us the truth of Scripture and to point us to Christ from the Scripture. And this is actually, it may seem, well, that's a Sunday school answer, but it's also the Sunday school answer is the best answer. Right. And and that that actually what I just said is under all sorts of attack from the New Apostolic Reformation, because they say that you can hear from God and other things and so on and so forth. And, you know, that you need to have a person. There's one guy in Riverside, California, who says that Christians need to have the Enneagram because um, they it, it helps with their behavior to deal with their behavior. And this is, quote unquote, a Christian pastor. And on and on it goes. We we just have to have the Bible. The Bible is enough. It, what it says is enough for us. And it's enough for us to believe it. Wow. That's a great place to stop. I got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. So right before the break, you said something I think is really important. You said that the Bible is enough. And I've been saying this for a long, long time, talking to parents with regard to homeschooling even and talking to young parents as it relates to training up their children in righteousness and learning how to be a shepherd to young children and to raise a family. And years ago, uh, this really sweet couple came to my house and, you know, my husband and I had been married for just maybe, um, maybe seven or eight years at that point. And we had a couple of young girls and I had parenting books all over the place, right? And they were Christian parenting books for the most part, right? You know, good, great, great books. And uh, I'm trying to understand how to be a good mom. And I'm kind of new to this whole thing. And my friend said to me, hey, I don't, there's the one, you're missing a book. And I was like, ooh, I'm ready to write it down. You know, like this is long before Amazon and, you know, second day shipping and all that stuff. So I'm thinking I'm going to go down to Christian Supply. I'm going to find this great book. And she said, I don't see the Bible anywhere on your, on your coffee table, which, you know, funny for me, because I'm a pastor's wife. It wasn't that I never read the Bible. It's just that I didn't consider it to be really a manual for parenting children. And she just said, you know, Mm. Heidi, if you didn't have access to any other book and all you had access to was the Bible, it would be enough. It would be Mm. enough because God speaks through his word. The Holy Spirit's going to help you shepherd your children. And it was just a moment, you know, that was a long, long time ago. You know, my kids are in their late twenties and thirties now. That was a long time ago, but it, it impacted me that the study of God's word was the most important thing that I would ever do as a mother and the most important thing I would ever do as a Christian to be able to explain theology to the next generation. And this is really important because understanding theology helps us uh, in our walk with God. And you don't have to be a, a Bible a Bible student, a Bible college student to get that point, right? Amen. Amen. You just have to have a humble and a teachable heart and a desire to learn what scripture says, not to come to scripture to put whatever analytical tool over the scripture, but to come to scripture because you believe that it is the word. Of right. God. And the Holy Spirit will teach you the word. You of God. spend quite a bit of time on theology in, in your book. What does that mean? The term theology uh, and why is it so important that yeah. we understand it? Yeah. Well, theology is the study of God. Um, R.C. Sproul used to say, you're either a good theologian or a bad theologian. And that applies to whether you're an atheist, a Mormon, or Jehovah's Witness, or on and on. It, you're either you're either having good theology coming from the Word of God. Doctrine means teaching. And so our teaching is to come from the Word of God. Um, or you're getting your teaching from something else. So um, as, a, as a biblically-minded and rooted Christian, uh, we, we should have our faith and our practice rooted in the sufficient word of God. And that matters. It matters not just that we believe the right things about the Bible. It matters that we practice them 
Uh, James one twenty two tells us that you know we're to be doers of the word by the by and, and James even defines that earlier in James one the implanted word which is the word that we have believed about uh, Christ Christ in the scriptures um, and so we have to not only believe the right things about the Bible but we need to practice those things and the, it's the practicing um, that the the writers like and especially James and even Paul and, you know, Jesus and, and all the New Testament writers, they're, they're all after our obedience. And, you know, that's what God is after, too. Uh, for us as Christians, obedience really matters. We don't we think of obedience as a dirty word today, but it's not a, de- a dirty word. The problem is, is that we have such a cheap form of grace, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said um, around World War Two, uh, that we don't have a a good understanding of the costly grace of what Jesus has done for us. And that's recorded and we learn about it in scriptures. It's so important. And right now we're seeing Christianity under attack in this country in ways that I have never seen in my lifetime. And I just had a a dear friend of mine on the other day, Adrian Pudawa, and we were talking about preparing for suffering, you know, preparing as Christians to respond to suffering or to people who disagree with us. And Christians are being attacked right now, right? They're saying, well, the Bible's allegory. Uh, you know, that's just some pie in the sky. I mean, it's it's not normal. Uh, I mean, Christians have always been attacked for their faith, but I think modern day Christians are not used to this. They're not ready for it. They, they didn't prepare for it. How should Christians respond to attacks on, say, Adam as a real person in real history? We have to understand where attacks come from. They come from uh, and by and large, these types of attacks come from people who don't believe the Bible. They come to the Bible to lay their scientific reasoning on top of the mm-hmm. Bible, as we were talking with the Enneagram and yoga. And that's neither that. Let, let's be clear about I want to be clear about this in the academic arena. If you do the things that they do, you'd be laughed at, laughed at. Right. You'd be laughed out of the building. You would get a big fat F on your paper. I spent uh, 12 years in in college um, at secular and at uh, seminary, and I, I would get laughed at. If if I did the kind of things that people who suggest that Adam isn't a real person in real history, I'd be laughed. I would get a big When fat, you say out. the kind of things, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about the kind of arguments where we don't take the Bible um, literally as the word of God. So what they what they want to do is they want to overlay their their perceived knowledge of science and say that, you know, their their understanding of science can somehow intermingle with the Bible, whereas the Bible, it reveals who God is and what he's like. And so we have to, to be clear, we have to take Genesis 1 through 11. You had your guest, uh, Ken Ham. Yeah, he calls this the Genesis 1 to 11 attack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate I appreciate that. Uh, I, I agree with him on that because we have to take how we I think he even says our answers in Genesis does about, you know, how we understand uh, Genesis one through 11 really is determinative um, because of its teaching on God and uh, man and sin and uh, the, the first gospel, Genesis 315, um, all of that marriage, you, you know, you go on, on and on down the list. If you don't have a good understanding of the first 11 chapters of the Bible, you can't even begin to understand the rest of the story uh, of the Bible. Because like Romans 5, uh, 12 through 21 
very clearly states that Adam is a very real person in real history. Um, you can't have a good understanding of sin. Uh, you can't have a good understanding of church leadership uh, because Paul grounds um, Adam's leadership in the in the, in you know in the home and you know man's leadership in the home uh, in First uh, Timothy three, Titus one, uh, Ephesians five, and then in of course in the church only men can be pastors. Um, in in those passages in First Timothy three and Titus one, and so yeah yeah having this literal understanding of of Genesis one through eleven, it will affect um, in turn how you understand the world, how you'll understand the Bible then, and all of those interrelated topics. They're, it all it all goes back to Genesis one through eleven. Yeah, it's so it's so true, and I think you know we're seeing it more and more now. The attack on a biblical worldview and the biblical views of gender and sexuality, which I've talked about uh, quite a bit here at the show. Um, and we know that as Christians, God has an answer to those. So what should our responses be to those arguments? I think we have to show, we have to take people back to what the scripture says. And this is where, as we talked about earlier, it matters that we speak the truth and love that we're faithful to scripture and that we speak it in love, that we don't just truth bomb people, right? right? Well, here's the truth. Here's the truth. But, it, you know, oftentimes we're going to smack people up the head with the truth. Uh, it's actually a command. Speak the truth in love, as we talked about earlier, all of the fruits of the spirit. So we have to be mindful of that. We have to be truthful, loving, compassionate, meaning that we have to we need to understand also where arguments mm -hmm. come from. And so this this is really, really important. So in my book, I, I deal with the ideas that people who oppose, they come to the Bible, as I mentioned earlier, to overlay their ideas of what Scripture teaches, but they don't interpret it rightly. And I engage with those to show how we actually do, how, how we're to do biblical interpretation, and then how we should respond to those who are attacking biblical gender and sexuality. And this is taking it, the Bible is its own best yeah. defense. Yeah, that's Kay Arthur, right? Who was very famously in her teaching of women, I sat under her for many years and she said, it's the most important thing you'll ever do in studying the Bible is that scripture interprets scripture. And uh, that's the basis for how I have learned to study the Bible. And yet what we're watching happen in the modern church is anything but that. We're letting all kinds of other things flavor how we see scripture. Yeah. It, it matters what you do, as I said, with the Bible. It matters what you do with the Bible because of what you believe about the Bible. Yeah, absolutely true. Uh, I was going to ask you, in, you know, I've only got about 30 seconds left. I really want to be sure to let people understand the title of your book again and where they can find it. The book is The Word Matters, Defending Biblical Authority Against the Spirit of the Age. You can uh, buy it at uh, G3 Men. And uh, it's from uh, published by G3 Press, a great ministry headed by my friend, Josh Bice. Um, he's the pastor of Praise Mills. And uh, you can find a lot of great resources uh, there at G3 Ministries. So Awesome. Where can people find you online, Dave? Yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can just type in Dave, Dave Jenkins and, uh, you know, look for my picture. Um, I'm, I'm not hard to find them all over and, uh, also servants of grace.org or my podcast equipping in grace. Awesome. Dave Jenkins. It's just been a joy to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's do it again. Thank you so much for having me.
You guys, for more information on Dave Jenkins, uh, his new book and his ministry, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. And I will link back to those things in the show notes today. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you are studying the word. And speaking of that, we are taking you through the word of God at MomStrong International through the summer. I hope you guys will check that out. MomStrongInternational.com. A brand new study is coming out every single month. Those studies release on the first Monday of the month. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.